Welcome to Coffee Break with Sharp Best Health. Every week, we sip on a strong new blend of practical tips, information, and education to help you optimize your health, body, and mind. Your hosts are Janice, Emily, Megan, and Olga. Your break starts now. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Coffee Break with Sharp Best Health. This is Megan Sperling coming at you today, and I am so excited because I have in the studio with me today uh, Bob McClure, who is a, a part of the Sharp Healthcare family for many, many years, and he's been a part of the Sharp Healthcare family uh, very recently as a mindfulness facilitator and HR consultant. And what I wanted to do today was have an open conversation with uh, Bob about mindfulness at Sharp Healthcare and talk a little bit about what its benefits are. We offer a lot of mindfulness resources at Sharp Healthcare, but to those of you who aren't as familiar with it, this is just a great opportunity to learn about mindfulness, learn about what Sharp Healthcare offers around it, and you know, get some questions answered around what its benefits benefits are and take it from there. So Bob, hello. Hey, good, good morning. <laughs> welcome. I I'm, I'm feel welcome, so thank you. Well, we're happy to have you. Yes. So, Bob, I think just right off the bat, I kind of gave a Cliff's Notes version of kind of how you relate to Sharp Healthcare and what your history has been, but would you talk just a little bit about your um, your background and, uh, you know, the, t- the work that you've done here at Sharp Healthcare? Sure. You know, I started doing what we now call mindfulness practice long before the term mindfulness probably was even used, at least in the popular culture. So I've been doing these practices for about 28 years, and so I have a personal experience But in the last few years, I've been part of the staff at uh, UCLA's Mindful Awareness Research Center, which is in the Cousin Center for Psychoneuroimmunology. And I think that speaks to the science connection that many of these practices have. And I've been teaching classes here at Sharp uh, to a lot of employees. Wonderful. And before that, or the other hat that you wore here at Sharp Healthcare for many, many years uh, was... uh, it with the employee assistance program, correct? Right. right. So, uh-huh. how many years were you the manager? Uh, sixteen years. Sixteen I was the years. Manager for the EAP. Oh, wonderful! And we've actually had um, Catherine Riggs, who is the current manager. She's been on here recently talking about um, EAP and the benefits. Mm. So, we're keeping the whole EAP family, past and present, alive through yes. the uh, through <laughs> the coffee break program. Yeah. So, okay. So wonderful. So thank you for that. So you have training through UCLA. Yes. You've been practicing for how many years? 28 years. 28 years. And, you know, I think that one thing that might be really helpful is to provide a little bit of a, I I want to say a definition or maybe Mm -hmm. just sort of an overview of what mindfulness is. Do you have sort of an elevator speech around what mindfulness (laughs) is? Is there something that you could offer up to those listening out in the podcast world? Sure, absolutely. Well, at UCLA, the definition of mindfulness that we use for both training and research is um, that mindfulness is paying attention to the present moment experience, your present moment experience, with openness and curiosity. So another way to think about it is that when we know that we're seeing, we know that we're feeling, we know that we're hearing, when we're really present to the sense experience, then we're being mindful. And another way to think about it is that any training for mindfulness trains essentially three skills. The concentration, which is the ability to choose what we pay attention to that we think is important, 
not a small skill in the world we live in. Second skill is uh, sense clarity, that you are able to track your sense experience in real time. So in other words, you know when you're seeing, you know when you're hearing, you know when you're feeling, Mm -hmm. not lost in thought somewhere else. Mm -hmm. And then the third skill is what's called equanimity, which is the ability to really be kind of chill with what's ever (laughs) going on. Doesn't mean you don't experience the negative or the painful or or you you do experience the positive and can appreciate, but you don't have to react. And I, I think that what's so interesting about characterizing mindfulness is the fact that you're touching on things I read about quite a bit mm. and I hear about quite a bit that people, not just at Sharp Healthcare, but across the world are really, really struggling with. Uh, yes. Concentration, a sense of balance, uh, and, and feeling connected to what's happening in the present moment. Absolutely. It seems, you know, particularly with, uh, I, I don't want to... Um, blame social media or blame our smartphones (laughs) or anything like that but we have so much information coming at us all the time yeah and in healthcare, you know when you think about the important decisions that have to be made and the value of of being able to be in the present moment i i see a lot of connections between what mindfulness can do for a person and what happens at sharp Healthcare. yes in terms of our scope of work but also just as, as people yes. who, who um, are living in a very, very high information world, yes. high distraction world, yeah. mindfulness can, can help to support and create some um, pathways to thinking about how you navigate all of that. That's right. Is that a fair yeah, way to say it? Yeah, absolutely. I think you've put your finger on um, a reason that a lot of people come to mindfulness practice because, you know, one way to describe is some people describe the information coming at us like a fire hose now. And most people experience, you yes. know, really busy lives. And with social media and technology, which is both wonderful, but is also now, now some of the research is showing that there really is an addiction to social media and an addiction to technology. Mm-hmm. And we lose our ability to choose what we pay attention to. We're caught by it. So many people come to mindfulness wanting to either be able to pay attention and, and develop that skill and to uh, relieve stress. And so, so when you think about what we do in healthcare, the critical nature of our work, if employees are coming to work and are distracted, are stressed out, are preoccupied, mm-hmm. and not being able to pay attention to what's going on, it's a huge health risk. It is a health risk. It also, from you know, what some of the things you're touching on are things that also makes me think of our high reliability journey. Yes. And so when you think about uh, um, making ch- choices carefully, managing stress, uh, the, the fatigue that employees feel, that also can affect uh, you know, our um, dedication to uh, zero, uh, or zero injury and zero harm. That's right. And yeah. So, so it, 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 mm. it is important for the person and it's important for really our patients too, how we care for everyone, how we care for ourselves. That's right. Uh, so my elevator speech around mm-hmm. safety and the relevance <laughs> of mindfulness has been, uh, um, you know, that imagine if we could help employees pay attention and get along, mm-hmm. how, how oh. profound that would be in terms of the work we do and the work environment that we create for our employees. And you see mindfulness as a key, key factor for that. Absolutely. Yeah, because, again, you know, every human being has a mind. Mm-hmm. And what we, we forget is that everything we experience in life comes through the mind. There is nothing 
that we experience in our lives that we don't experience through our minds, in whether it be our relationships, our work, uh, our daily lives. And yet we train our bodies. You know, we're, we're very much into health and, yeah. <laughs> you know, nutrition yeah. and exercise. That's very much in the culture. But uh, until recently, we really haven't talked about the ability to train the mind. So mindfulness is a training of the mind. And, you know, I will say that is one of the things that for me personally, you know, you, you Bob, got me interested in mindfulness mm. several years yeah. ago, and I've become a practitioner personally. And the thing that I think that I really connected to or what really um, first first helped me truly appreciate uh, what its potential was was realizing that just because my mind tended to work in a certain way, it did not mean that that was who I was or right. defined the way my mind worked. Right. You know, a lot of people say, well, I'm just a high-stress person or I'm just this kind of person or that kind of person, and, and that's just sort of the way I work. Right, and we don't we don't do that with our bodies. Yep, we we when we see um, we, we all understand that we can train our bodies to a degree, and and, and I think realizing that we had the opportunity to help uh, train our brains uh, that for me was incredibly powerful yes. and hopeful. It made me feel really hopeful and optimistic yes. about. Yeah. my own potential, and hopefully it, it has the same effect for other people as well. Yeah, it's, you know, the holding out that as a promise or as least as a hope for people, because there's no guarantees Absolutely. in anything, uh, you know, it attracts a lot of people. And I think one of the big challenges for doing mindfulness practice is when we stop and use the tools of mindfulness and really start to tune in to what's going on in our crazy brains. Mm -hmm. It's a circus in there. Yeah. <laughs> it's a circus for everybody. Absolutely. Uh, and, the, you know, we know that uh, the mind wanders 49.7% uh, of the time. It's funny, in classes, when I ask people what they think the percentage of the, that they're kind of lost in thought, mm -hmm. most people say 90%, but the research suggests 50. That means oh, wow. that 50% of the time, we are not paying attention to the only life we have, which is the present moment. Wow. I guess that kind of makes me think about Sharp Healthcare and our experience to mm. mindfulness, because you, you have been offering mindfulness programs, mindfulness classes within Sharp Healthcare for a couple of years now. Yes. Do you think a lot of that is connected to what you just described is connected to why there's been such a, a um, interest in mindfulness here at yeah. Sharp? Yes, I, you know the my my personal goal in doing it is to help the individuals who show up in class, mm -hmm. and you know certainly there's a big impact on the workplace, so that the mission we all have at Sharp is supported. But the other reason is that in their personal lives, you know, every class just about somebody shares a story about why it's mattered in their life, oh. in their relationships, in their health, whatever. Um, but the other thing is that it's more and more being built into some of the initiatives that we we have at Sharp. For example, the HRO, High Reliability right. Organization. Again, if you really think about that we can put everything in place to help employees be safe, but if they're distracted, if they're not able, you know, that first skill, concentration, the ability to mm -hmm. choose what to pay attention to, that's important, then that means the nurse who is, you know, uh, administering the medication is not going to be paying attention to what needs to be done, or the surgeon who's, who's operating, or the finance person who's yeah. just counting, you know, the numbers. The ability to choose uh, what to pay attention to that's important is critical to everything we do. Wow. That, so that was a, an amazing summary. Thank you for that. <laughs> yeah. So I, I 
you know, I want to be mindful of, haha, mindful. Um, (laughs) That was not on purpose to the people listening. I I, I do want to be mindful of uh, of our time together. And and so, you know, on that note, one of the things that I, I sort of wanted to make sure that I got to in talking with you today is helping the listener, whoever's listening to this right now, if they're not familiar with with what mindfulness really looks like in a practical yes. sense. Can you kind of illustrate what it means to practice mindfulness Great. so that someone who doesn't really, who appreciates maybe what we're talking about, but says, okay, well, what does this really look like for me? Right. C- could you offer anything around sure. that? Sure, how- absolutely. So w- one way to think about mindfulness, the practice itself, it sounds very simple, and we often say it's very simple, but it's not easy mm-hmm. to do because mm-hmm. of our wandering minds is there's many different mindfulness practices. That's one of the things that's great about it. It's not just closing your eyes, sitting on a cushion, and going inside. Okay, mm-hmm. that's the typical idea. <laughs> it's much more robust than that. That you know, that sitting practice is one practice, but there's many practices in daily life. And the, uh, the whole idea of mindfulness practice is that we choose an object, a sense object, we bring our attention to it, and then inevitably when the mind wanders, which it will, mm-hmm. we just bring it back. So an example, a very common one would be to use, for example, sound. You can mm-hmm. actually stop at any time of your day and listen to sounds. I mean, we can hear it right now. I can hear the computer. Yeah, I can hear the computer. <laughs> There's going to be a lot of ambient sounds. Yeah. So you bring your attention to it, and before long, you're going to be noticing that you're thinking about lunch, okay? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or the commute, you know, the negative, the commute. <laughs> when you recognize, you just bring your, your, your attention back to the sound. What we know is that, and this is the research that's becoming more and more compelling, is we know that it strengthens that ability to pay attention, just like the analogy is it's like a bicep curl for the brain. So you're increasing your ability to concentrate, pay attention. You're, you're tuning into the sense experience. You're really listening to what's happening. And those skills translate to daily life. Then when your 15-year-old son or daughter wants to talk to you instead of being distracted by all the thoughts you're having about, you know, the bills or what happened at work, you can actually choose to pay attention. Or at work, same way. You can actually make a choice. Okay, so that is a a wonderful, wonderful way to describe it. Um, Yeah, thank you for that. And if someone wanted to... If, one, if someone wanted to have a, a sort of a, a, a formal training, or not maybe mm-hmm. formal is a, is a strong word, but, right. but, but have something a little bit more structured, Sharp Healthcare, through thanks to you and, and, and other um, facilitators within the organization, um, Sharp Healthcare offers these classes yes. on mindfulness. Yes. Yes. And could you talk a little bit about what happens in some of these classes, just sure. so that people have an idea what they might walk into if they were to ever come to one of your classes? Sure. Um, uh, most of the, well, all the classes that I teach during the week are, are drop-in classes. And I set that format up because it's so hard for people to get away during sure. their lunchtime or work so they can come, they can, uh, come late, leave early, and they're half-hour classes around lunchtime in different facilities. And that's always on the, the Sharp Best Health website as yes. to what's happening. Yes. And so what we do is it is developmental. So in every class, not every class, but most classes have somebody new who's just interested. They don't know if they really want to do this stuff. Mm -hmm. They want to find out. And then I have people who have been coming for two years. So part of the art of drop-ins is to be able to introduce practices and actually practice in the class. Mm -hmm. Because one of the things about mindfulness is that we can – 
we could talk all day long about it, mm -hmm. but the only way you're going to know what it's really about is to experience it. And every human being is mindful. We just don't necessarily label it that. So it's a bit like the analogy of the finger pointing at the moon. If I want someone <laughs> to experience the moon, yes. I may point at it, but they've got to look at the moon. Absolutely. You know? And the, so the classes are just the, like a finger pointing at the moon. It's creating that opportunity for yes. people. That makes perfect sense. And then d d practice is important because it's a skill. And if you're going to play the piano or play tennis, mm -hmm. you can't just try it once and expect you're going to get good at of it. Of course. So the, what we call the sitting or stillness practice uh, is important. It's like going to the gym. But equally important is all the small things that you can do during the day. Sometimes we call those micro-hits. It can be literally <laughs> 30 seconds practice mm -hmm. when you're sitting at your desk, yeah. when you're driving, when you're eating your sandwich, whatever, that we know from the research also strengthens the ability to concentrate and uh, pay attention. And I think that that is an important point, or at least it's, it's been valuable to me to understand, because I think that anytime we're talking about uh, something people should consider incorporating into their lifestyle. Uh, um, I think that what is maybe the first thing that comes into people's mind, which is certainly something I can sympathize with, is I don't have enough time to yes, do this. Yes. <laughs> and mindfulness, to your point, it, it does require some time. Right. But you can instill value from it by finding small, I mean, to, to your point, like micro pockets. Yeah, literally 30 seconds. 30 seconds of opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. And that has value. Yes. And, and I think yeah. that that creates a lot more, um, that feels a lot more accessible, Yes, I think, to a lot of people. Than, well, you're not saying you have to go to, you know, you have to go into a dark room and sit still for an hour every single day. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, okay. Yeah, exactly. And, um, you know, because to tell people that that's what they have to do, nobody's mm -hmm. going to do it. Of course. So what happens is as you begin to do the daily life practice, these small things that you can actually build in, mm -hmm. um, that many people then begin to want to do more more practice because it feels good and you just are developing the skill. And I think it's, I always find it ironic that we all brush our teeth. Nobody says I don't have time to brush yeah. my teeth, you know, during the week. Yes. Uh, it's been seven days since I brushed my teeth. Everybody does it in these really incredible busy lives, and yet to take, you know, three minutes in the morning or in the evening to, to actually do a mindfulness practice, we say we don't have time, but we could. We could. We absolutely yeah. could. And I think that to your point, it's, it's creating the opportunity to understand the benefits that begets more opportunity. Right. You start to see the benefits, so you start to suddenly find those extra three minutes. That's right. And maybe three more minutes. That's right. Yeah. So for, there's a practice called feel rest, which we teach, and that is really a relaxation uh, practice that you can literally do in 30 seconds. And, and one of the reasons I teach it often at the beginning is because it can really feel good to calm down. Oh, yes. And to calm ourselves down, especially in the midst of a busy day. And the more we do that, the more we, uh, you know, the more we want to do it. So, you know, as, so, for example, we have great support here with the Will app. Yes. You know, oh, which yeah, is, yeah. And so people, even if they don't can't come to class mm -hmm. or, you know, we're lucky because we have this app, which yep. is through Sharp Best Health, which anybody can access and, and uh, you know, really get an education and a practice. Thank you so much for bringing that up, because that was one thing I, I kind of wanted to sort of round on, which is uh, so I think that the, the takeaways are we have uh, 
these wonderful classes that are offered live in person that are free to employees that are offered at various times and locations throughout Sharp Healthcare um, on the on the campuses. But if you are unable to attend one, you know, I think the thing I wanted to round on was, you know, what are the other options for, for right. people if they want to become more comfortable with the practice or, or even just explore Will, um, and that's spelled W-H-I-L, Will is a a, um, digital mindfulness platform Mm. that Sharp Healthcare offers free to its employees. And the purpose of of offering it was simply to create more access to mindfulness for our employees, understanding that it's hard for, how many of us us are there, (laughs) 18,000? Or 20,000. It's hard for 18, 20,000 people to get into a classroom. (laughs) So um, let's create another pathway for people. And, and, you know, the thing that I think it's important for people to know is, okay, they're listening to this. Maybe they're interested, want to just explore further. It's how do I learn more about these classes? How do I learn more about Will? And um, what I wanted to just make sure we're putting out there is just all you have to do is search mindfulness or search Will, W-H-I-L, on SharpNet, and you will find some, Mm. you will find the results. If you also go to Sharp Best Health on SharpNet, we have a whole subsection dedicated to mindfulness that's on our homepage. And that lists all the classes and how to sign up for Will and all of that good stuff. That's great. Is there anything else... Anything else, Bob, that you um, think we should offer up to the the, the podcast audience as we're, <laughs> as we're wrapping yeah. up? Um, well, just real quickly, the, yeah. I think it's interesting that people come to class and say they checked out Will, and uh-huh. sometimes it's around very specific problems they're having, and a lot of people have trouble sleeping. Yes, they do. So they start out with an access to an app like Will mm-hmm. and, and use those exercises for sleep and then decide they want to develop more practice and come. So one thing I can recommend is Sharpest Health, the uh, Mindfulness Works uh, page, for Perfect. example, has yeah. a lot of resources. And then our um, our website at UCLA is open to the public. Right. And you would just have to Google UCLA Mindful Awareness Research Center. And uh, it's pretty robust. There's uh, guided meditations. There's all kinds of information as well. And you know what we'll do is we'll put this information also on the show notes for the podcast Great. so that people will, will have uh, the information about UCLA and uh, obviously about Will and, and, their, and your classes and how to access it. So um, thank you so much for bringing up uh, um, UCLA's program. I think that's You're a welcome. wonderful, wonderful resource as well. Well, Bob, I, I think we've covered it pretty well, don't you? I think so. I do, Megan. Yeah. Um, I always enjoy talking to you about mindfulness, and I really appreciate it. And I hope that the people listening to this also appreciate it. I'm, I'm sure they do. Great. Thank you so much for being here, You're Bob. most welcome. Thank you for having me. Goodbye, everyone out there in podcast world. Have a great day. Download this episode and find more great information on health and wellness by visiting Sharp Best Health on SharpNet.